who's got the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. The two finalists were, not surprisingly, Montreal and Toronto. I have no argument on that. And running away on Twitter with 79% of the vote is the Toronto Maple Leafs, the most annoying fan base in the National Hockey League. I'd vote for them, and I'm surrounded by them. Montreal Canadiens fans are annoying, but they know it, and they don't care. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Happy Friday, everybody. Great to see you. Welcome to a Flame Tech Football Friday. End of the week. Very interesting and spicy show coming your way today. I I have that feeling. More tremendous guests, by the way. Corey Gurley, our NFL insider, will be joining us in hour one, heading into the final weekend of the NFL regular season. And Jarrett Bush, Super Bowl winning receiver with the Green Bay Packers, will be joining us from Wisconsin coming up in hour two. But I know for uh, those hockey fans that have tuned in here in the warm-up, the opening segment, we're going to get to a lot of hockey. We always do that on Flame Tech Football Fridays. And then they can go about their weekend while we talk football the rest of the way. Let's bring in the Moose from the NHL's Bermuda Triangle up there, Moose. He's put his glasses on since the last time I saw him. He's trying to look smarter, more smart. Uh, still, uh, still a little chilly up there, Moose? Oh, is it ever? I don't know if you know if you if you caught this during our pre-show meeting, but I like snapped my neck around because the wreath on the door started banging against the door. I thought somebody was trying to break in. Uh, it's windy. It's Whoop. icy. It's cold. Um, so yeah, just another day in paradise. Well, a good day to talk football a little later on, as I mentioned. But I'm not going to belabor this anymore, other than to say a very big day because we will be awarding our Taco Time comment of the week. And right now, Chris Jarl out in Surrey, B.C., is leading with his comment that the Edmonton Oilers are like a Taco Time burrito uh, that's exploded and you have no napkins. Something along those lines. We'll dig that thing up. But right now, he's the leader in the clubhouse, and our viewers have a couple hours to try and beat Chris Jarl out of Surrey, B.C. All right, Director Jordan, can you please hit the quick six show horn? We're back in, you would think, March of 2020, 2019. I don't even remember anymore. Time time is an illusion, Darren. Things are changing by the minute as we go. But I'm going to start with the actual hockey. There were a lot of games in the NHL last night. I've zeroed in on just a few. I'm not going to run through all of them. But Gabriel Landeskog got his fourth career hattie, finished with four points, leading the Colorado Avalanche to a 7-1 win over the Winnipeg Jets Thursday night. I saw Craig Button on SportsCenter saying the Jets learned a lesson. What more can be said? They did. They uh, come home with their tail between their legs. But Landis Cog scored twice in a three-goal second period for the Avs. Nathan McKinnon had a goal and four assists. And Miko Rantanen added a goal and two assists. He looked really good last night. The uh, Avs' top line notched 12 points. Something you might want to be thinking about when we start to think about playoff drafts, which we'll be doing again. It's, it's not that far away. Uh, elsewhere, Nikita Kucherov had a pair of nifty assists. In his return from a lengthy injury during Tampa Bay's three-goal third period, and the Lightning routed the Flames 4-1. There was a lot of energy in sold-out Amelie Arena last night in Tampa Bay. I don't know if any of you watched it. It was loud. Every time Kucherov got the puck, they were cooch. They were all very excited to have Kucherov back in the lineup, and uh, they spanked the Flames 4-1. And no rest for the Flames, who go into Carolina tonight, they are learning a nasty lesson this week. So by the time we get into Calgary Moose for our run of shows, the Gray Eagle Resort and Casino, I wonder 
if the Flames will have turned these lessons they're learning into their own favor. And I have a sense that they will. They didn't look any better last night, really, than they did in Florida here the other night when they got spanked 6-2. But Corey Perry, Braden Point, Andre Palat, and Alex Kaloran scored to help Tampa Bay become the first NHL team to reach 50 points for the fourth time in the last five seasons. How about that? And Andre Vasilevsky made 26. Vazzy made 26 saves for Tampa. Dan Vladar stopped 29 shots in his first game for Calgary since December 7th. And Johnny Hockey had his 11-game road point streak snapped. So that's what happened in Amelie Arena last night. I got to mention the Panthers. They played, but Dallas captain Jamie Benn had a goal and an assist two days after getting cleared from COVID. And the Dallas Stars won for their first time in, so it was their first game in 17 days. They beat the Panthers 6 5 in a shootout. I think we're going to learn a lot about the Florida Panthers here, guys and gals, because they played the most home games in the NHL leading into this week. So now they're going to go on the road for a while. We'll see what happens. And the Vegas Golden Knights, Canada's team. They were in action last night. Jonathan Marchessault scored twice. Robin Leonard made 18 saves in his first game in nearly three weeks. And the Golden Knights defeated the New York Rangers 5-1 at the Fortress. Mark Stone, Matthias Janmark, and Brett Howden also scored for the Golden Knights, who stopped a two-game skid and extended their lead in the Pacific Division to four points ahead of Anaheim. So that's a little what happened last night of the NHL. I'm going to move on to point two, because when I say things are changing by the minute, I wake up this morning. With text messages that the Winnipeg Jets are eyeing Saskatoon as a place to play their games in the 15,000-seat Sask Health Center. By the time we go to air here, noon Eastern, 11-year time, it's now off the table. I guess they're not going to go. Uh, Elliot Friedman uh, initially reported the Jets were looking at Saskatoon. Now they're not. And I'm interested in your take on that whole situation. A, I didn't think it was ever going to happen for a couple of reasons, not the least of which, yeah, there's no restrictions in Saskatchewan, the NHL's <coughs> Bermuda Triangle, pardon me, but there could be by, by noon your time. You can't just well, move your games there. Yeah, go ahead. What is your, what is your I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Due diligence to look into it, but no, I didn't think it was ever going to happen. Yeah, good due diligence. And here's the thing. It's the only possible place <laughs> in the whole country that you could do this okay there's nowhere else you know somebody said what about regina what about this city that city i'm like you need an arena of that size you need a jurisdiction a province that's going to allow fans to come into the building so saskatoon was the only option and i wouldn't expect winnipeg to be the only team to explore this um <laughs> When they, you know, and Elliot was sharing that information on his Twitter feed today, um, that they pulled their season ticket holders about their feelings about it. Of course, they'll be upset. But from a franchise point of view, if you're going to move your games, you're going to give your season ticket holders their money back for not going to the games. And you're going to make that money back by selling tickets to Saskatchewan fans. So that's not really the issue. Um, I mean, it, it is. But we don't, you're right. We don't know where the restrictions are going. And I saw a couple. I went down a couple of rabbit holes of threads on social media um, in Saskatchewan about this. I, I got to some, some followers. And, and the Saskatchewan public, at least in those threads, weren't too keen on, this, on the NHL coming to Saskatoon. Now, that wasn't right. the sports fans. I think we would have done okay putting people in the building. But there was some backlash, too from people saying, you know, we're doing a good job here in this province. Let's not bring in a bunch of reasons to gather with 
massive amounts of people and, and spread COVID and force us to go into lockdown. When they were talking about using Saskatoon as a bubble <clears throat> two years ago, there was backlash and a lot of people in Saskatoon didn't want the NHL coming in. I didn't say they were right, but you knew they were going to face backlash here. And it's, I guess this is, we're going to get into the topic that I said we were going to get into with regards to how these teams are doing it. But, um, and sorry, I, I apologize. I'm not feeling too well today, as you know. So my, my mind's a little more scattered than usual, uh, Moose. But from one of the viewers here, Craig in Calgary says, wouldn't it be more beneficial to get a long-term plan in place for all of the Canadian teams rather than all of this ad hoc reactionary ideas? Take some time to plan. Uh, from Craig from the Hockey Hall of Fame, he says, with the glasses, Darren looks a bit like Owen Power. Really? I don't see it. The Michigan Wolverines defenseman and number one overall pick of the Buffalo Sabres. I don't see it. But I guess I just... I feel so terrible for the sports teams. I just feel terrible for the teams. And in the time we have left, which is a lot here in the warm-up, this is what I want to get into. This, for every league and every sport, like I got an email this morning from the Saskatchewan Rush. You're the colored voice of that team. I'm like, they're, they're, they're game notes. I'm like, what? What? They're playing? Oh, yeah, they're going on the road. Saturday night, they're in Albany. So I went to NLL.com and I see that Colorado's at Vancouver tonight. The Colorado Mammoth are visiting the Vancouver Warriors. And I'm like, how they, they can play, but the Jets got to move to Saskatoon. And now they're talking about moving the Super Bowl. And now we got WHL games postponed out the wazoo. I just overall am just wondering more than anything, because I'm not laying awake at night staring at the ceiling going, how are they doing it? How are they doing it? How are they doing it? Because I did for about a year and a half. And now I'm just like, stay in your lane, Rod. Zip it. Stay in COVID protocol. Do your little show and shut the hell up. Works for me. But there is a little sneaky part of me that is saying, how are they paying the bills when I go on social media and see people tweeting? They're at games going, plenty of great sections available tonight. I have the whole row to myself. These are in a variety of leagues, sports. How are they meeting their payroll and staying afloat? I'll hang up and listen. Well, it's it's a daunting task, and I know they're all struggling. And and look, at, in an ideal world, a business that's been around for a long time has enough capital in the reserve fund to operate for two or three years, probably three at tops. Most would be in a one to two year range, where if all your revenue went away, you can still operate while you pivot and rediscover what your business is going to be. You give yourself 12 to 24 months. Now, I don't imagine that most sports franchises have this, but I would hope that a lot do. So for me, that's what they're doing. You know, they're in the reserve fund right now thinking, okay, if all you know what breaks loose and we go into a crisis, we need to have enough capital sitting over here so that we can operate for a couple of years with no revenue and try and get back on our feet. But guess what? March, Two months away will be two years since we started shutting down sports. It'll be two years. That reserve fund's gone. And a lot of teams don't have that, especially when you get into smaller teams and community-owned teams and you get into those types of entities. And big businessmen who have you know, deep pockets, they don't want to keep dumping their money into this. So that becomes tough. We've used some government programs for a while. You've got people that have been unemployed, you know, getting unemployment insurance. There's a lot of things like that that are happening. 
and it's very, very scary. But this is the time where the owners will spend the money. This is the time when you'll go into debt, when times are tough, to try and keep your product at a high level. And then when times are good, that's traditionally when you pay down the debts and you try and keep everything settled. So everybody's you, you, struggling. You would hope. But I've talked to, but I've talked to you know, business people in junior hockey markets and they're like, look, we could do it once. Wasn't ideal, but we could do it and survive. We can't go into bubbles. Playing in a bubble. Or into no Playing in a bubble. situations yeah. again. It's not an option. So yeah. Well, they need tough. to play because that's how they, that's how they make their money, <laughs> right? So if people wonder why they're just postponing games and not canceling them, that's why. Anyways, enough about that. But John in Edmonton's watching. He says, see, American NLL and NBA teams can play in Canada, but American NHL teams can't play in Canada. I know, John, but that's why I'm not reading your questions. You're asking me why, and I don't know why. Stop at, Please stop asking what's happening and why, because I don't know. And when I go to commissioners, and I have, I've been face-to-face -face with commissioners and saying, how are these teams doing it? And the commissioner goes, I have no idea. If he doesn't know, how the hell would I know? And I'm sure he's yeah. just pulling my leg. That's what commissioners do, but it's just, it's very, um, not frustrating. It's, I've just stopped, I've just stopped really worrying about it. Um, anyways, I, I, I always love when I open up the text line before the show, because for those that don't know, I don't, it's not my personal cell phone. I don't carry it around. Okay. The 902 number, 902-518-3033. And Tim, friend of mine, Tim Furry has written in. He's a, a jail guard, okay? Those guys aren't pussies, just so you know. <laughs> Tim's written in regarding the end of our discussion yesterday with regards to me trying to get back to Canada and being on hold. I ended up on hold for s about six hours with WestJet and eventually just hung up. I talked to some travel agent friends of ours. What, Michelle, you know her. You know, she hosted yeah. one of our sports trips. I said, is there a private line with WestJet that I could call that nobody knows that I could call? Inside and she's like, her. I wish. Right. She's like, I wish. No, there isn't. And she said she'd heard the average, average wait time to call WestJet is 9 to 12 hours. And I said, well, I'm not doing it. So I just canceled my flight home and booked another one for next weekend. Fort Lauderdale to Calgary. So anyways, we were asking our viewers yesterday, what's, what's your wildest, craziest, zaniest COVID travel snafu stories? Tim has written in and he says, I'm not sure if it was long hair or the beard, but I got pulled over three times for random security checks flying from Florida to Regina. I was that guy that goes through security, then gets checked before getting on the plane, and then someone waiting for me in Toronto when I got off. LOL. Well, Darren, I'll send you a picture of Tim. Tim, you should know why. You fit the profile. Know what I'm saying? He's a mean-looking son of a bitch. He I'm just, sure they're oh, thinking, do we want this guy? Spicy. Do we want this guy in the country? He knows exactly why. Anyways. Oh, yeah. We're going to take a break. Uh, Chris in Surrey, BC says, uh, writes, he says, hope you feel better, Rod. I have a COVID test later and feel like a dog's breakfast today, too. Prayers up for you, brah. 
Maybe the best we can hope for for you, Chris, in Surrey, BC, is to win the Taco Time Comment of the Week honor, the $50 gift card. Um, Jeff Krieger, Jeff is watching in Estevan, the Energy City. He says, when can we talk about Tanner Janot for the Calder in the NHL? Whew. I um, like it. To answer it, not today. Because when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL Week 18, some of our featured games. We're going to talk about the Natty, because I've been asked to go on a show in Philadelphia and talk about Alabama-Georgia Monday night in the National Championship. Talk about that. And some really big news out of Winnipeg. Kyle Walters, GM of the Blue Bombers, probably the winner of the GM of the year, if there was such an award in the CFL the last two years. He's making a run at three in a row with some pretty key signings this week, including two this morning. So it's all football when we come back. This has been the warm-up. It's a Flame Tech Football Friday, and you are watching on Game Plus Television Network across all 10 provinces in 31 states, including the Sunshine State of Florida. They carry us down here, Darren, on TDS Cable. Also, YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.